What's crack? Big doubts. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. Sporting my new Sour Patch Kids t-shirt. It's one of my favorite things about New York City. It's like you walk downtown and every block that you go on has a handful of the fucking dumbest stores of all. Whoa, shit. Forgot to mute. Forget to mute my YouTube tab. Scares the shit out of me. Now, okay, you know what? That's fair. That's karma because now I know how y'all feel when I come in with the intro. Damn. I never really, I just inceptioned myself. <sighs> my intro just scared the shit out of me, so I can only imagine what it does to you guys. Um, yeah, they just have a weird collection of of, sh of stores and shirts. Like, one one you walk down one block and it's a sour, it's a, strictly a Sour Patch Kids store. The next building over is a Russian bar that you that you have to put on a, a fucking trench overcoat because it's negative 30 degrees. That's the only way you could survive in there. I'm also sweating because um, I've been running away from my problems all weekend. I was just working out for the first time in like a month. So excuse my disgusting figure. It is Q and Assault. It is Q and Assault Saturday. And as we always do with Q and Assault Saturday, we start out looking at the biggest movers in fantasy football rankings over the last week. Q and Assault Saturday is where you get to ask me any of y'all's questions to be inside the Q and Assault chat. You must be a big dog or a goat member. You must be part of our membership community available on bdge.store. If you are a Patreon member already, we are shifting over from Patreon to the BDGE store, okay? So cancel your Patreon membership straight up. Cancel that shit. Go over to bdge.store and sign up for either big dog membership or the goat membership and i'll see y'all on saturday what's good in thy chat how are we how art we senate loves your abs don't don't we all <sighs> no one likes my fucking abs to be honest all right let's uh let's start off with throwing to the discord everyone we are live we are live come yell at me Cool. All right, let's pop up the biggest fallers over the last week in fantasy football. Let me put the chart up here. We've got John Brown, who just has not been impressing at camp. We've heard uh, just tons and tons of hype about Brian Edwards, and I just I think John Brown is done. I think he's washed. Uh, I, I think we've gotten the best we could out of John Brown. That was last year, whatever we could have squeezed out of him, but it looks like it's Brian Edwards and Darren Waller's team to take over. In the passing game, David Johnson moving down, obviously, because he did not get any First or second down snaps in their preseason game. It was all Philip Lindsay. He played on third downs, but it looks like he will not be the starter there. Rashad Bateman obviously moving down because he had the groin surgery. Uh, he's going to be back hopefully in September, but that's optimistic thinking. And uh, he's uh, he's got to be off your board in season-long drafts. Like I say, don't find injuries. They're going to find you. Don't draft a guy who's fully injured. Deshaun Watson, I don't know why he's moving down again. Deshaun Watson's stocks are like fucking... Bitcoin stocks, man, they just move up and down. And you don't know what, why the fuck they're doing it. Just you got to make sure that you got them at the right time. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make out of Deshaun Watson. Anthony Ferkser, uh, he was in a full time share. It seemed like in his time at tight end during the first preseason game, which is why I moved down. Traquan Smith still missing practice time and Marquez Callaway's uh, shooting up draft boards, which makes a lot of sense. Miles Gaskin, I've yelled about him enough in my videos in the last week or so. He was splitting time with and lost the starting role. For the first preseason game to Malcolm Brown, we'll see if that sticks into the second pre 
Oh my god. Uh into the second preseason game. Um fuck. Fuck. Sorry, I just heard some uh just got a text that was some mind bending news right there. Sorry, let me focus up. Let me focus up. Um Miles Gaskin, yes, splitting times with Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown got all the third down snaps. My, 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 Malcolm Brown got the inside the five yard line snaps. So Miles Gaskin, I don't know. Rashad Perriman moving down. I guess I think there was a report that Tyrell Williams is operating as the number one over there. I I don't know. Uh, I get they're all late round flyers in 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 Detroit. Alan Lazard moving down because we've had a lot of hype pieces on Marquez Valdez Scantling over the recent weeks. I'm assuming, and he is probably not going to be the wide receiver two there. Uh, he might not even be the wide receiver three. He's probably the four behind Devontae Adams, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Randall Cobb. Obviously, Tunyon's there. Aaron Jones is there. So, Lazard is just a you're a dreamer at this point. Adam Troutman moving down because he was not playing on a lot of the passing down snaps and he was blocking a lot in their first preseason game. Uh, so, Troutman is a big mover down the draft boards. And then Latavius Murray. There was a report that said he might not make the team, which is shooting him down the draft board. So those are the biggest fallers over the last week. All make sense. All have reasonable explanations except for Deshaun Watson. Let us pull up the biggest risers of the last week. Malcolm Brown, as I just stated with Miles Gaskin, uh, the preseason usage was inspiring. The the most the most least inspiring inspiring usage by a running back of all time was Malcolm Brown in the Dolphins' first preseason game. Uh, we'll see if that sticks in week two. K.J. Hamler had a nice touchdown reception from Drew Locke in the first preseason game. K.J. Hamler is just a, a specimen at the wide receiver position. He's small, but he is so damn fast, and there's a lot of hype around him uh, last offseason. You, know, you know, you feel uncomfortable drafting any of the Denver Broncos wide receivers at this point, right? Judy, Cortland Sutton, you don't know what's going to come with the quarterback situation. So Hamler, I mean, if you want to get cute, take him as a late-round flyer, sure, but I'm not expecting much from him, but it was an exciting play. Philip Lindsay, as we already talked about with um, David Johnson, he was in on the first and second down snaps with the starters, so he looks to be the starter there for now. Quez Watkins has completely supplanted Jalen Rager. And to be honest, you know, Quez Watkins has been running with the first team for 100% of the snaps. He has been playing in the slot exclusively when they moved to three wide receiver sets. So Quez Watkins seemed to be the number two behind Devonta Smith. We got to see Devonta Smith in some game action this weekend, which was sexy to see. And what this does for me in terms of Devonta Smith, it makes me like him more because I think one of the reasons maybe some people were pulling back on the idea of Devonta Smith being the alpha in Philly was maybe Jalen Rager just had an off rookie year and we could kind of wipe it behind us. But Jalen Rager falling further and further and further behind on the depth chart just makes that gap between Devonta Smith and everybody else that much wider. So Quez moving up, good late round flyer, explosive as fuck. The guy runs a 4-3-5, 40-yard dash. He's a slot guy, but he will have, like we saw in the first preseason game, he busted off for a 70-yard touchdown. He will have amazing plays this year. It's just not a, a passing offense you want to invest a lot in. So late round, Quez Watkins, best ball, 16-17-18. Go for it. Marquez Callaway seems to be uh, another kind of alpha there in New Orleans while Michael Thomas is gone. So we like Marquez Callaway a lot as a late round guy. He's a good route runner. He is uh, speedy. He is athletic. So grab Marquez Callaway, not Traquan Smith. Ramondre Stevenson's obviously looked fantastic in preseason usage. He's not going to have a role in the regular season, guys. As, as someone who touted Ramondre Stevenson in the offseason and took a whole lot of shit for it, like I'm a fucking toilet bowl, he's looked great. The guy can't stop scoring touchdowns. Have you been playing him in preseason DFS? Rack up. 
rack up that revenue. But guys, it's Damian Harris and James White's backfield. They have played. Ramondre Stevenson hasn't got a single snap with the first team guys. It's been Damian Harris for for 65% of the snaps, James White on every passing down situation, and Sonny Michelle has taken like 5% of the snaps. So it's Damian Harris on early downs and goal line. It's James White on passing downs and third downs. Josh Palmer is a guy who's getting a little bit of hype. He's looked good in preseason. He has basically taken over the number three role behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So he's a late round guy. Uh, Be happy if you took him in rookie drafts. If you have a dynasty startup still ongoing, I would grab him late. Tyrell Williams, as I said, news that he is the alpha there. I'm not really buying into it. Chuba Hubbard had the big uh, runaway breakaway play in their first preseason game. He's a handcuff at this point. At this point, I will throw Chuba into the conversation of you want to draft AJ Dillon if you have Aaron Jones. You want to draft Tony Pollard if you have Ezekiel Elliott. If you have C-Mac, you want to draft Chuba Hubbard. At this point, I think I feel confident enough saying that he is the clear cut handcuff behind Christian McCaffrey. Logan Thomas admittedly is a guy that I have on my all fade list in the draft guide up on bdgestore.com. That's a lie. It's just bdge.store. There's no fucking .com in it. We ain't the government over here. I wish I could have made my site bdge.gov. I feel like they would have fucking put me in jail for some reason. I don't know why they're so strict about that shit. Um, if you're still having trouble accessing the draft guide, by the way, again, uh, the re- reset password button feature on the, uh, on the website should be working now. Just check your spam folder. If you do the reset password and it sends to your email, make sure you check your spam before reaching out to us. Info at big dogs, If you Dean, if you do need help still logging on Logan Thomas has looked really good in preseason so far. He's played hundred percent of snaps and I'm coming around to the fact that he was a, uh, in every efficiency per target per reception metric last year, he was not in the top 25 for tight ends. He was a volume guy. I'm coming around more and more to the fact that a lot of that had to do with low A dot for Alex Smith, more so than Logan Thomas being a playmaker. So he's not an all fade for me anymore. He's not a guy I'm necessarily targeting, but I'm okay with him falling to me. So those are the biggest risers and fallers. Let's get assaulted by y'all's questions. Again, if you want to be in the live chat next week, bdge.store, you'll find the memberships on there under the community tab. Let's see what's good, Nikki. What up, FF Reach? Who's the backup running back in New Orleans? Man, this is a tricky situation. So here's what I'll say. They let go of Stevie Scott. They brought in Devonta Freeman, uh, and then there was the report slash rumor of um, Latavius Murray possibly getting cut. I would put the chances of Latavius Murray actually being cut as like 5%. I think when all is said and done, they will keep Latavius Murray, and he will be the backup again. And I know they just picked up, I believe they just picked up or have an undrafted free agent that's, for whatever fucking reason, getting a little bit of hype uh, over the last couple days. And his name was, uh, this is how irrelevant he is. I forget what his fucking name is. Give me a second while I pull it up. I'm begging, begging you. Tony Jones. So right now on their roster, they have Kamara, Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman, Dwayne Washington, Ty Montgomery, Tony Jones, Alex Armo, who's a fullback. So Kamara, obviously the guy. Uh, I, th- I think they're going to keep Latavius Murray, and he's going to be the guy. Ty Montgomery might get a little play. It'll probably be between Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray. If Devonta Freeman's healthy this offseason, maybe he shows a little bit more. You know, I've, I've, I've been down on Devonta Freeman for the last couple of years. Loved him as a Falcons fan, obviously. But last year when the Giants picked him up, I was like, there's no way this guy is going to uh, withstand an actual workload when he's on the field. And then within like two weeks, he got hurt, of course. If Devonta Freeman can play like uh, – a Latavius Murray type role from last year where he's getting eight to 10 touches a game. I think you could see a pretty good 
production scale from a guy like Devonta Freeman if he makes the team. So I still think it's Latavius Murray. I think uh, whatever that report was, I feel like it was getting cute and probably had no su- substantial backing to it. What up, everybody? We got 15 people in here. Why y'all not yelling questions at me? Does the E-Town Get Down League use FAB? Yes, we do. I use FAB in every league that I am in. We actually we, we switched a rule this year with FAB. So the way we do it is, you obviously, you can't pick up anyone Monday or Tuesday because that'd be nonsense. Every every No matter what system you're using, waivers process on Wednesday morning. It doesn't matter if it's FAB or waiver wire, blind, but whatever. We use $100 FAB for the regular season. It doesn't matter if you use 1000 doesn't matter if you use 100 It's all the same relative to everyone getting the same amount of money. We do $100. The blind bid processes every single morning, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at 5 a.m. Eastern time. We are switching Sunday morning. Sunday morning will now be free agency. It is free for all pickups because uh, with COVID, it's gotten a little tricky where guys could be ruled out on Sunday morning. And if you like typically in a normal year without COVID, right? you will know whether or not you need to, like say you're rostering one tight end, right? And then he sprains his ankle on Wednesday and then all weekend he's limited, right? So you know, like, okay, Saturday, let me pick up a tight end just in case he gets ruled out. If the blind bid goes off on Sunday morning at 5 a.m. and you're not allowed to pick up players after that, and then at like noon, someone gets ruled out because they have a positive COVID test, you're kind of fucked. So we're trying to get away from that. In Yahoo, where we had our league, uh, platform originally running they didn't allow customizability where you could do blind bids on certain days and then uh free agency on other days so now that we moved over to sleeper this year we have the customizability and the flexibility to do that so i'd suggest you guys do the same set it to where there's fab blind bids wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday free agency pick up free for all whatever 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 Liam, what's good? He says, would you trade away Tyler Lockett and Javante Williams for CD and Devin Singletary full PPR? Uh, okay, guys, when you ask these questions, all I need is as much context as possible. So I don't know if this is a dynasty league or a redraft league. So this is a little bit difficult to answer. If this is a dynasty league, I am going to hold on to Tyler Lockett and Javante Williams. If this is a redraft league, I am going to hold on to Tyler Lockett and Javante Williams. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't think at the end of the year, Lockett and CD will be that far apart in terms of scoring. And I think Javante Williams has so much more upside than Devin Singletary. Uh, and obviously in both redraft and season long. So yeah, I, I would I would stick with the Lockett and Javante side. In redraft, I'm having a hard time choosing between Eckler and Aaron Jones, as well as Mixon and Najee full PPR. Okay, so... <clears throat> Right now, I'm I am I am going back and forth on Eckler versus Aaron Jones in the full PPR settings. Uh, I'm having a little bit of difficulty. I think I mean realistically, at the end of the day, I think they're both going to be phenomenal. I think they're both going to finish with you know 16 to 17 full PPR points per game, and I don't think when we look back, we're going to have that big of a uh, difference. What I think is we're almost guaranteed. I won't say guaranteed, but there's a really good chance that Eckler doubles the amount of receptions that Aaron Jones has. So even if he's not getting the goal line work, I think there's a I think the bust potential, and a lot of you guys might disagree with me here. I think the bust probability for Aaron Jones is higher than Eckler. <clears throat> I think the likelihood of hitting their upsides is probably higher for Aaron Jones. So I think there's a wider range of outcomes for those two guys because looking back, you can clearly, clearly see a path where we say <clears throat> 
holy shit, like <clears throat> Aaron Jones finished the year with 180 carries. A.J. Dillon had 160 carries. And A.J. Dillon took 50% of the goal line carries. How did we not see that coming? They told us all summer he was going to play a big role. He's really big. He did second-round draft capital. He looks great when he's on the field. Very clear vision of seeing how Aaron Jones doesn't hit his upside or fails to return first-round draft capital. Eckler, the only downside to Eckler is that he doesn't get goal line carries. He's going to get 110 to 130 targets. He's going to catch 70 to 90 passes this year, and he's going to run the ball 150 to 200 times this year, right? We remember what he was like when Melvin Gordon was out for those first four games of the season. So in full PPR, it's so fucking close. I think it's it's more of like a risk-averse thing. In my opinion, um, if you want to gamble and want to shoot for more upside, go Aaron Jones. If you want a safer play, I think Eckler's receiving floor is going to boost him up like three to four fantasy points per game higher than almost every fantasy running back right now. I love that offense. I want as many pieces as possible, as well as Mixon and Najee. Um, I think that I have... Uh, after I, I rewatched the preseason games from last night, and there's not a lot of takeaways, obviously, but Mixon, I just feel like, is is set up to... They're, they're in super, super similar situations. If you think about it, they're going to be three-down workhorses behind shitty offensive lines in offenses that have stellar weapons already. I will probably take Mixon here. Uh, I think that there's, there's not a huge edge for one or the other. I just think that Mixon is going to be the bell cow that he's been reportedly... Uh, used as. I think Najee's going to be bell cow as well, but I don't know. Some, something in me just tells me to go with Mixon here. If you're picking at five in a full PPR Jeff league, do you favor the safety of Zeke or the upside of Kamara? Uh, okay, so it's full PPR. I'm going to probably lean with Kamara. There, there are a few things that have concerned me very recently with Zeke, and it's probably going to drop him down to the... I think I have him at what do I have him at four? I think I have Zeke at four and Kamara at five right now. <laughs> I have to tweak my rankings a little bit because we've heard two. Fuck, sorry. Give me a second. <clears throat> I got shit in my throat. I got shit in my eyes. I got a fucking fly in my fucking throat. <clears throat> Remember that video that with the reporter with the fly that went down his throat? Me and my friends used to get stoned as fuck and just watch that video. It's like a 15-second video. We used to watch it like 200 times in a row. Shit flying in my mouth. <coughs> okay. Spit that shit. So there were two things that happened. One, the report of Dak's injury possibly lingering into the regular season. I believe that came out this morning. That's a little bit nerve wracking. I don't like that. Um, that will hurt the high poweredness of the Dallas Cowboys for a couple weeks into the regular season. If the reports are true, if what they're saying out there rings true. For the offensive line, I want to say that someone on the offensive line left practice the other day, and it was mildly concerning. I want it might have been Lyle Collins. Let me uh, double double triple check. I haven't been able to get into the nitty gritty of the news because I've been working on updating the draft guide for y'all. Uh, no reports on it, but I swear I saw on Twitter that someone like tweaked their neck or their back, and it was someone really good on the offensive line for the Cowboys. How do you even spell Lyle Collins?
Okay, never mind. We good. Uh, well, Collins expected to play for Cowboys versus Texans after leaving practice on Wednesday, so it is nothing serious. Let's look at an injury update for Tyron Smith. I didn't know he was uh, hurt. This feels like fake fucking news. And Dallas is coming off a year during which he and fell. Okay, so they're talking about last year's. Okay, so I guess no concerns on the offensive line. But as, as far as like PPR goes, I probably would lean Kamara because he's got to be catching 200 passes this year. Najee or Gibson in PPR redraft. I'm kind of worried about McKissick not being them not being good. Uh, I'm I'm more worried about Pittsburgh not being that good. I think Gibson has looked phenomenal. There is a little bit of concern, um, in terms of his third down play. So McKissick has been playing on every third down snap for Washington. That being said, though, like Gibson had nine touches in the first quarter of Washington's preseason game last night. His workload is going to be there, and he is getting targeted on first and second downs. I'm going to go with Najee. I mean, I'm going to go with Gibson um, because I think that he just provides an upside that Najee can never hit. Sorry, three wide receiver redraft. Uh, I believe I am. Yeah, I, I would go with uh, I would still go with Lockett and Javante Williams. Let me try to get to these questions a little quicker. What up, Nick? What up, Ryan? Franchise redraft, 12 team PPR. I have option for one. Option for only one player. C-Mac in the first round of Holmes in the sixth. Only one keeper for each team. We draw for draft position on draft day. Yeah, so if that's not super flex, you're going with C-Mac. I, uh, th- this, is a, this is a huge mistake I see a lot of people in keeper-type leagues do is worry too much about value when it comes to keeper. At the end of the day, you want the fucking best player available to you as the keeper. If it's a tiebreaker, right? If it's like, you're, if, for instance, if it's like Mixon in the third or Najee Harris in the sixth, because I view them so similarly, give me the round value difference. But in a one quarterback league, assuming that's what this is, C-Mac and Mahomes are worlds of difference in terms of tiers. C-Mac is the best player available. There's no way you let the best single player available go back into the player pool when you have a chance of keeping him. Okay, So don't worry as much about value when it comes to keepers. You want the player that's going to help you win your fucking league. I don't care if it's like Derrick Henry in the second or C.D. Lamb in the 15th. The value of, of the keeper rounds, guys, take the best player that you can pop. They, if they have league-winning fucking upside, you don't let them go back into the player pool. I don't care what round you're getting to keep somebody else in. Sorry to blow up the chat, but would you would you do that trade if it was A.J. Dillon instead of Javante Williams? Dude, that's, that's, that's why you're fucking here. You're here to assault me with questions. You're here to blow up this chat. The more the fucking merrier. Um... What was the question? So would you trade away? So now the question becomes, would you trade away Tyler Lockett and A.J. Dillon for C.D. and Devin Singletary full PPR? It definitely makes it more intriguing because with Javante Williams, he's the starter as early as like halfway through the season. A.J. Dillon, as long as Aaron Jones is still there, A.J. Dillon is a complimentary piece for two years, three years probably because AJ, uh, because Aaron Jones got that contract. So that makes it a lot more favorable. I think it's fair. I don't know if I would say like I would – without a doubt, pull the trigger on that. Because to me, Devin Singletary, I look at as like a throw-in, a non-factor in that trade. So it kind of becomes Tyler Lockett and A.J. Dillon for C.D. Lamb. Um, I I think there's probably like a couple weeks you might be able to use Devin Singletary in your lineup this year. And then by next year, he's kind of irrelevant in Dynasty, in my opinion. So that being said, like how much do you love C.D. Lamb? If you think C.D. Lamb is a top five fantasy Dynasty wide receiver, which he's like borderline, 
you can go ahead and pull that trigger if you're not if you don't need depth or anything. Uh, I think it's I think it's fine to, to pull that trade if you want CD. I don't think it's I don't think it's a clear cut dub though. You know you know you know. Full PPR redraft picking seven keep one make the case for and against Swift round six McLaurin round six Ayuk round twelve one don't tell me what to do two. Uh here's the way I'll look at it. I will um. So here, here's a uh, here's an example of where like you might say, "Ooh, Ayuk round twelve because the value is there." Ayuk is a tier, if not two, three tiers, way below guys like Swift and McLaurin. Uh, so for me, Ayuk is out because here's the thing: like you're saying that you love the value of a twelfth round keeper because now you still get to keep your sixth round pick. The bad news is that sixth round pick is more like a seventh or eighth round pick because you have eleven other people. Also keeping players, which means an entire round is off the board by the time you get to six round pick. So that's really the value of getting back your seventh or eighth round pick. At that point, it doesn't really fucking matter. So because Ayuk is a tier below two tiers, three tiers, four tiers below these guys, I'd push him down. Swift versus McLaurin, very close. Since it's full PPR, I have a feeling Swift is going to catch a ton of passes this year. McLaurin's obviously going to catch a ton of passes too. But when it comes to tiebreakers, I always side with with running backs. So those guys are kind of in the same tier for me. I'm keeping Swift there because give me a fucking running back over a wide receiver. What are your favorite stacks this year in redraft? Uh, I've gone over the Chargers stack multiple, multiple times. Love me, uh, love me, Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, anything in that offense really. Um, really like uh, because you can get Seattle's receiving group pretty much at value. Like if you have the if you have the turn pick, you can grab like DK Metcalf at two twelve three one, and then also get Russell Wilson at um six twelve seven one. Same thing with Tyler Lockett is like the four twelve five one. I think the ADPs kind of work out perfectly for that, where you can stack that team. I like if, if DeAndre. I don't want to move up for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want to take him at like the two five. But if he falls late second round, early third round. Uh, then I would love some some D Hop and Kyler Murray action, some stacks like that. Eric, what up? Ten team redraft. Uh, ten team redraft half PPR for running backs. PPR at wide receiver. Ooh, interesting. Okay, in the second. Are you picking on Najee Mixon or taking a tier two wide receiver if they if they are there? Uh, I will. I will. I mean, it's kind of the same question with Mixon Najee. Before, as I said, I probably really slightly lean towards Mixon right now, and I'm yeah, and I'm definitely taking them over wide receivers because in a ten team league, like even more wide receivers are going to be available, uh, and also depending on how many how many wide receivers you start, if it's two wide receivers. Uh, then that makes him even less valuable. If it's three, maybe you think about it, but I'm still probably taking a running back because uh, 10 team league, like there are going to be so, so many wide receivers available in the middle rounds that you can throw into your lineup. The smaller the league type, the less wide receiver starters there are, um, the easy it is, the easier it is to fade them as the drafts go on. With the Cowboys news, great name, Chipper. With the Cowboys news in a PPR league that's start two running backs, three wide receivers, would you consider Devonta Adams at the fourth pick if it goes Cook, C-Mac, Cook, Kamara? C-Mac, Cook, Kamara. Um, 
I wouldn't hate it. I still am not a huge. I, I just I just can't find myself pulling the trigger on a wide receiver in the first round, no matter what, man. Listen, like league winning upside. Here's the thing: like Zeke is, I don't want to say he's guaranteed, but he's extremely likely to average twenty points per game this year in PPR. Over the last ten years, there have been like five wide receivers that have averaged uh, 20 PPR fantasy points per game. It happens every year with running backs. It happens very rarely with wide receivers. Um, And because the positional value of running backs is so high at the top end and it's not that big at the wide receiver position, I still lean running back over wide receiver. Even in PPR, even in star three wide receivers, I still go Zeke, even like Henry, if you want to fuck around. I probably more so likely to go with Zeke because Henry's not going to catch passes. But yeah, I still probably go Zeke over Devontae. What are your feelings on the news about CH injury? Where do you feel safe drafting him now? Okay, so really interesting. So when I wrote up basically the uh one of the the pieces of one of the exclusive novels in the draft guide, which you can cop on bdg.store again, is uh, I do a write-up after the preseason each week. The preseason goes by. I do a full write-up on the biggest takeaways from the preseason. I started writing Thursday and Friday slates today, this morning, and I put it out. It's live right now on the site. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's takeaway was optimistic at first because they said it was a low ankle sprain. So I'm thinking, okay, they have three and a half weeks until kickoff. The low ankle sprain will not be concerned. He said it's not a high ankle sprain. Okay, good. We're fine. This will push... CH's ADP back to that uncomfortable like mid-second round range to late second, early third. And I'm like, now we gobble it up because he's going to be healthy and we get him a value. Then they said it was an inside. Ooh, then they said it was an inside ankle sprain. Whatever that really means, I don't know, but it set off alarms for a lot of the doctors on Twitter. And I actually posted the new video that Dr. Morrison, the fantasy doctors, put up on their YouTube in the draft guide Bible update video article. You could watch it. They're concerned. We don't know if it's a grade one or grade two sprain yet, which is going to be the difference maker. If it's grade two, it's Michael Thomas again. If it's grade one, it's going to take three-ish weeks to heal. It'll be right on the borderline of when the season starts. So keep a really close eye on injury reports. Um, From what we've heard so far, it's best-case scenario. Still a little bit concerning. uh, But I am a little bit optimistic about it. He played all six snaps with the starters right away, and then he hurt his ankle, so it was good what we saw from him. Darrell Williams is in the concussion protocol. So right now, we don't really know who the backup is. It might be Jarek McKinnon. Um, If CEH starts to fall to like the 3-1-3-2-3-3, I'm probably going to pull the trigger on him right now. If if you still have to grab him at like the 2-5-6-7, I'm going to hold off on that right now because we don't actually know any of the x-ray scans about it, and it could end up being grade two and be Michael Thomas-level shit from last year. How does going to six-point passing touchdowns impact your Superflex quarterback rankings? Okay, so that would move up guys like, uh, I mean, Mahomes is the clear-cut one. I don't think Kyler Murray would be in the same tier with him anymore. Lamar Jackson probably drops below uh, a guy like Josh Allen for sure. Josh Allen moves up to the two. Kyler Murray probably still the three. But again, what it does is just give a little bit more push towards guys that throw passing touchdowns. Like Aaron Rodgers would jump up to uh, like right up. I would probably put Rodgers over Dak Prescott. I would put, uh, yeah, Dak, Dak Prescott for sure with the injury news. Um, but he would go up probably above guys like Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, things like that. And then you, you got to like guys like Tom Brady more than Jalen Hurts. You got you to gotta like guys... 
that throw the ball, you know, that throw the ball for a living. It's it's just it's it's minor tweaks. I don't want I I don't want you to get crazy over two points per passing touchdown, but it could be the difference, obviously. So you put a little bit more emphasis on Tom Brady's, on Matt Stafford's, on, on guys like that. It's just a little tier adjustment. Thank you for the candor. Didn't mean to tell you your business. Uh, I don't even remember what comment you're referring to, so no apology necessary. <laughs> um, three wide receiver plus a flex. Yeah, I'd still go in the 10-teamer. I'd still still lean running back. Uh, full PPR, 12-team redraft. Landon also don't even remember. I fly through so many questions. I don't remember what questions are even available. All right, so we're uh, we're a little bit above the 30-minute mark, and that's usually when I run out of here and the questions are coming to a dead halt. This is my fucking heartbeat. So that will wrap up Q and Assault. Thank you guys uh, that were in the chat that joined me that are Big Dog members, of course. If you want to sign up for a membership and get access to next week's Q and Assault where you can personally assault me with your questions, I know draft time is here, so this will be a very popular time of the summer to do so. It is available on bdg.store. You can uh, ask me any questions in here. Memberships, you can get our draft guides on there. Two separate products, but just read the fine print on the site. You won't be confused afterwards. Uh, what else do you get with the Big Dogs or the GOAT memberships? You get Q and Assault. You get all of our access to all of our rankings. This is a monthly membership. Uh, Dynasty Rookie season-long redraft. You get the ADP data. Uh, you get our in-season weekly rankings. You get access to the Discord channel, of course, which you could talk with all the people that are yelling and hear about fantasy all night long. You get access to our Fab Guidance article that drops during the season, which we don't put anywhere else. We don't put our in-season weekly rankings anywhere else either. That is only for Big Dogs members and GOAT members. And then if you want to sign up for the Big Dog or you want to sign up for the GOAT member tier, uh, that actually gives you a private chat with myself in the Discord, which guaranteed answers, guaranteed personal questions. You literally are basically texting the bat phone. All right. Um, ah, I just realized next week's Q and Assault, because it's the NYC BDGE draft weekend where we got subs, subscribers flying out for the uh, for the weekend. I will be busy Saturday, so we'll try to move that Q and Assault to hopefully Sunday. I might be dead from that weekend, but we'll make sure we reschedule it. It might be Sunday. It might be Monday. It might be, uh, might be in your fucking dreams. I don't know. I love y'all. Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel if you're new, and I'll see y'all tomorrow. Peace. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.